What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Today's episode breaks down the financial situation at FC Barcelona. The historic club is roughly $1 billion in debt, and they are attempting to dig themselves out of the hole by creatively leveraging some of their most unique assets. I had a lot of fun putting this episode together, so I hope you enjoy it. But before we get into it, let's quickly run through today's sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Whoop. I've been wearing a Whoop for several years now, and it has made a massive difference in my life. It's the only tech product that I wear 24-7, so it's pretty cool to see people like Patrick Mahomes, Rory McIlroy, Michael Phelps, and Justin Bieber wearing one also. Whoop automatically measures your respiratory rate, oxygen level, resting heart rate, heart rate variability, calories, and activity levels throughout the day. Sure, it might sound complex, but Whoop interprets the data for you, so it's easy to digest and actionable. And now, their 4.0 is officially back in stock and shipping in real time. But here's the best part. Whoop is offering my listeners 15% off their Whoop 4.0 right now with the code Joe at checkout. So go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com and enter Joe at checkout to save 15%. Sleep better, recover faster, train smarter, and now feel healthier with Whoop. Joe Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of Joe Pompliano and his guests are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion by Joe or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, let's get into this episode. All right, everyone. As I mentioned in the intro, I want to spend today's episode talking about Barcelona and some of the financial issues that they've been going through over the last several years and some of the news that has come out recently. I want to talk about this for several reasons. One, because Barcelona is one of the most popular and most valuable sports entities, regardless of what individual sport we're talking about in the entire world. But two, I feel like the situation has gotten very confusing, even for people that are fans of Barcelona or people who may follow the sport closely. It certainly got confusing. But also for Americans and people that maybe don't follow this closely. I think it's a fascinating situation that doesn't really happen often here in North America. And I think it's something worth not only talking about, but watching as we continue. So without further ado, let's just get right into it. I think the situation at FC Barcelona is probably one of the most interesting things I have seen in sports. They're obviously an incredibly accomplished organization. They have a massive fan base. They have a rich history. Those things are obvious, right? And Forbes values the club at $4.76 billion. That makes them the most valuable soccer club in the world, and it places them slightly ahead of Real Madrid. So I'll read off the top 10 here to give you some context on just how big Barcelona is. So these are last year's rankings, 2021. Barcelona was ranked first at $4.76 billion, up 18% on a two-year basis. Real Madrid was second, just slightly below them at $4.75 billion. Then you had a host of other teams like Bayern Munich, Manchester United, Liverpool, Manchester City, Chelsea was seventh, Arsenal was eighth, Paris Saint-Germain was ninth, and Tottenham was 10th. So the top 10 teams, clubs, go from Barcelona at 4.76, all the way to number 10 is 2.3 billion. So a pretty big gap there, actually, about a you know double, 100% increase from 10 to 1 and Barcelona is the top. There are only five or six teams, clubs, that are worth $4 billion. That would be Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Manchester United, Liverpool, and Manchester City. 2021 rankings, maybe they increased a little bit over the last year, but directionally, I think they're probably still pretty accurate. But the interesting thing about Barcelona is 
they're also one of the world's most valuable organizations, regardless of the sport that they play, right? So if you combine all of the rankings that Forbes, Sportico, all these other entities do, and you look at it on an encompassing basis, right? So baseball, basketball, soccer, whatever you want to call it, all of the leagues, the NFL, the MLB, NBA, et cetera, combined, the New York Yankees are first. They're just under $7 billion. Then you have the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Knicks, Golden State Warriors, Los Angeles Lakers, New England Patriots, Boston Red Sox. So like a whole host of American teams that you would assume, right? We know this. We've talked about this multiple times. In North America, especially in the United States, the organizations that run these teams are able to monetize them and build equity value in them better than anyone else in the world. But Barcelona is eighth on that list, and Real Madrid is ninth ahead of the Dodgers and other teams, obviously. So there's two soccer clubs that are top 10 in the world, Barcelona and Real Madrid, from a total valuation standpoint. They're roughly equal to what you would see uh, at the top of the NFL or MLB, et cetera. So I think that's interesting. But more interesting is that Barcelona was nearly $1.5 billion in debt at the end of the 2020-2021 season. And according to Deloitte, they were even technically bankrupt, right? So if we just break down their total debt, that nearly $1.5 billion in debt, about $450 million of it came in player salaries. $760 million of it was bank debt. A little bit over $100 million was due to the pandemic. And then $45 million was membership losses. So the most logical question is like, how did this happen? Well, most of the blame has been placed on former team president, Joseph Bartomeu. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Who resigned in 2020 after 20,000 Barcelona supporters called for a vote of no confidence over mismanagement claims. The club had sustained nine figures in losses due to COVID-19. They went trophyless for the first time in more than a decade. And even the club legend, Lionel Messi, was publicly criticizing management. But the main problem was their payroll. Barcelona had the highest payroll in all of sports when Bartomeu resigned, which somehow reached levels that were actually higher than the club's total income. For example, the club's payroll reached $763 million for the 2019-2020 season. That's, again, the highest in all of sports at the time. And payroll had been increasing 61% over the previous five years. So if you went down the road and you extrapolated that over the future, they were going to reach $950 million eventually in payroll if immediate action wasn't taken. And an important part of this is like, you need to remember how much some of these players were making, right? So news broke a report of uh, Lionel Messi's contract last year, and it claimed that he was making over $150 million annually, which is just absolutely nuts. <laughs> and then you add in the fact that Bartomeu was accused of frequently paying higher average commission to agents, sometimes reaching 30%, and a bunch of other things, right? And these, these numbers start to make more sense in that context. So he left at the end of last year and Laporta came in. He decided to return to Barcelona for his second stint as club president. He immediately laid out a five-year restructuring plan to reduce the club's overall debt and he immediately got to work. He started doing that right away. The club's payroll was reduced from the $763 million in 2019 that he inherited to $450 million in 2020 and then even further to $215 million for 2021-2022. That obviously helped financially, but it also meant that several of the top players were either let go or saw their contracts restructured. For example, Lionel Messi was offered, he offered to take a 50% pay cut, but even that wasn't enough. And he eventually left for Paris Saint-Germain PSG in late 2021. 
there's other players and hopefully I pronounce their names right, but Gerard Piquet, Sergio Busquets, Jordi Alba, they all renegotiated their salaries. And then the club cleared space by loaning away a whole host of players to other clubs. This helped the club financially, obviously. It helped them reduce their debt from $1.5 billion that they inherited in 2020 to 2021 to $891 million by the following year. So it was a 40% reduction in total debt on the club in just 12 months by adjusting some of the salaries, Lionel Messi leaving, obviously, loaning players, et cetera. But that was just part of the plan, right? That's, that's kind of part A, we'll call it. Part B was that Barcelona put their foot on the gas and started to aggressively pursue other cash-generating opportunities, right? So the club refinanced its debt by taking another $568 million loan from Goldman Sachs to give themselves, quote, breathing space, end quote. And they signed a massive sponsorship deal with Spotify that will pay them just over $300 million, nearly $310 million over four years, or about $80 million annually. That includes a whole host of things, jersey sponsorships, shirt sponsorships, naming rights to the stadium, et cetera. Still, news recently broke now that Barcelona plans to get even more aggressive. Not only have they reportedly secured agreements to sell 49% of their production studio, Barca Studios, and their licensing and merchandise business for a combined $430 million, so about $214 million each for 49% of each of those businesses. But now reports are stating that Goldman Sachs might be coming back for more. They're good friends, Goldman Sachs. According to the Spanish publication El Confidenciale, Barcelona is about to close a deal with Goldman Sachs and All Sport Finance, ASF, that will pay the club $1 billion in exchange for 30% of its future broadcast revenues and a percentage of future revenue derived from the club's new stadium complex. So let's break that down, right? They're going to get a billion dollars in exchange for 30% of broadcasting revenue and a certain percentage of money from their new stadium complex that has retail shops, et cetera. But here's the interesting part to me. Obviously, Barcelona is going to use part of that money, as they should and as most people would expect, to lower the liabilities on its balance sheet. But also, they reportedly plan to go after top players and keep existing stars. So reports are already suggesting they want to keep their top players like Frankie de Jong, and maybe they even want to go for a transfer of Robert Lewandowski or Lotero Martinez. Those are just rumors out there. None of that has been confirmed. But in my mind, like that's the dilemma or the dichotomy that currently exists. They have to continue to build winning rosters that can compete for titles and make their fans happy and, and obviously keep their brand where it is today while simultaneously fixing their finances and the, the near billion dollars in debt that they have. So we'll see if they keep selling players. We'll see if they get more aggressive in the, in the transfer market, if they have cash, if they close this deal, et cetera. But the bottom line is that I think this story is worth following for everyone that is interested in sports, business, and so forth. And the reason that is, is because we have one of the world's most valuable sports entities that continues to play financial gymnastics. And now they're being forced to creatively generate cash flow through some of their ancillary assets. And maybe that works out just fine. Barcelona is obviously one of the most popular clubs in the world. They have millions of fans all over the world. And it's one of the most monetizable assets, not only in sports, but throughout the world in all industries. But the real question is like, what if it doesn't work? And I think that's when things get interesting. 
we'll see what happens. Anytime you see an organization at this level that's valued at this valuation, multi, multi billion dollar entity now that has this much debt, that is doing so many creative things, continues to take out loans, continues to refinance loans, continues to leverage their existing assets and their existing cash flow revenue streams to not only spend money, but pay down debt. I think that's where things can get a little interesting. So this is something that I'll be following over time. I'll make sure to update all of you as things progress, as things change. But if you're not following this currently, I highly recommend checking in on some of this stuff. It's a fascinating, fascinating story. And that's just part of it, right? There's certainly details that go into a lot of these things, how they're raising the money, how they plan to pay it back, how their new stadium is coming along, the money that they borrowed to do that new stadium. Obviously, La Liga is doing a deal with CBC now where they're going to get $2.4 billion in exchange for 8.2% of the broadcast revenues. Barcelona decided not to participate in that. Maybe eventually they do want to participate in that, and that's another revenue stream. So there's a lot of other stuff to figure out here. But the reason why I wanted to do this is because there's so many different moving parts, and I feel like it's probably helpful at some point to aggregate some of these things and talk through them. And maybe we'll do a deeper dive at some point and, and talk through a few of the other ones as new things pop up. But again, I think this is something worth watching. Barcelona is one of the most important institutions or entities when it comes to sports globally. And I don't think anyone wants to see them drowning in debt and unable to recover to, to top form. I think sports are probably better when they are financially healthy along with everyone else. So this is something I'll be watching and I will make sure to update you guys as new things come out. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I appreciate you listening to The Joe Pomp Show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify so that you don't miss any episodes going forward. And if you are looking for additional content, check out my daily newsletter at readhuddleup.com or follow me on Twitter at Joe Pompliano. I hope you have a great day and I'll see you next time.